You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your boy Silk, All American Thirty Five, and the non All American Dan. Not All American Dan and Thirty Five. What's going on, baby? Big news in the swamp. How y'all hey, feeling? Hey, I'm big Friday swamp, news. Man. Big Big Friday. Hey Dan, Dapper Dan, break it down for the people, man. Me and you've been chatting about this all week. We kind of um, heard yeah. smoke about what was going down, but break it down to the people before we get uh, Will Simone on here. Let's talk about what's, what, what happened and went down in Gainesville uh, today. Yeah, so uh, the six foot four, 247-pound sophomore, uh, Brenton Cox uh, from Georgia, Stockbridge, Georgia to be exact, uh, decided earlier in August that he was going to uh, put his name in the transfer portal. And then Silk, I think that you and I started texting on Monday uh, after the show or Tuesday morning about Brenton Cox and his interest in Florida and about Florida's interest in him. Uh, yesterday, uh, which would have been uh, Wednesday, uh, we started to hear a lot more smoke uh, about that potential uh, you know, linkage between between Florida and him. Uh, it's our understanding on Thursday that he came onto campus uh, it was all kind of signed, sealed, and delivered on Thursday. He went through walkthrough with the team on Thursday, and then the official announcement came out on Friday, uh, Friday morning. So uh, we knew uh, on Tuesday that if Florida really wanted him and they could make it work with him and that, that he felt comfortable, uh, that we would be good to go. So uh, moved quick. Uh, you know, Florida's still waiting on the uh, the transfer news of Kelvin uh, Joseph from LSU. But once the news came out on Monday or Tuesday that, that he was interested in Florida, everything started to work really quickly. And Florida was able to secure him and, and bring in a uh, bring in a five star uh, outside linebacker uh, to their to their roster. Hey, man, um, I've said this on the big three roll up. I've said this on this show as well. Uh, anything that leads, we're going to upgrade. I'm not worrying about Dan. With recruiting or anything like that, man, because he's, he's proven himself to be a competent coach and to get guys in position of need, whether it's in the recruiting trail or transfers, Dan Mullen doing what he got to do to get talent in the games real and to win games. Yeah, they, so I think what's important is so Florida right now is at 78 or 79 scholarships on their team. So they technically have six more that they can give out. I would imagine for this year, they're going to give them out. Uh, one to Brenton Cox, obviously, whether he's eligible or not. I know people are going to listen and wonder. We don't know if he's going to be eligible or not. He needs to be cleared by both the SEC and the NCAA. If I was a betting man, I would not hold your breath. Uh, but in the same token, they've cleared people like Tate Martell for no reason. So who knows? He might be eligible. So um, what what I think that what, what Dan Mullen's doing here is you know he he got I think ESPN had him ranked as the 11th best player in the 2018 recruiting class a five-star guy what Dan Mullen's doing is saying hey we have a potential need at outside linebacker it's not necessarily going to be this year because they have Jonathan Greener and a couple other guys that are going to fill that role bring him in probably serve this season as a redshirt and now you have a guy that's going to be a redshirt sophomore that was a five-star linebacker on your roster and you've not really lost anything or you're not really giving up a spot that you weren't already going to have we know that Dan Mullen in the past isn't a guy that's just going to give out scholarships to give out scholarships so even though they had a lot of scholarships to give out this you know this upcoming recruiting class we knew that he probably wasn't going to give all of those out so this isn't taking the spot of anybody uh, that would have otherwise gotten a scholarship um, you know through the recruiting process so you get a five-star guy, um, a guy that played for one of your bitter rivals that knows a lot about their program, Woo! a lot about their scheme, and is a, you know, for all intents and purposes, a hell of a guy. Now, on the flip side of that, we know that he has, you know, a marijuana uh, possession charge back in April uh, that he got. Uh, and we also know that there was maybe some internal uh, strife between him and some teammates. Other than that, um, you know, this is kind of a, a no-brainer situation for Dan Mullen and uh, Todd Grantham. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it, man. I'm glad, like you said, we took him from a rival. Uh, taking a five-star off of Kirby's cupboard is always a plus, man. I don't think he can manage all those egos out there, man. Starting to uh, show his head a little bit. Black, what's your opinion on that, man? We snatched some big shit from Georgia. Man, that's huge, huge. Especially, you know, this upcoming year. Uh, you know, just giving the insight on Georgia and, you know, how they're thinking and, and what they're thinking. 
uh, it, it's super big. It's you know, uh, I'm excited for the program, man, and and excited um, for this young man to come show us, you know, what he all about, man. And you know, uh, you know, the Georgia fans hating. I've been saying it all day. And they're mad. Hey, black for just just for like the average fan that don't know, uh, that, that just watch college football. When a guy like comes in like this and is sitting out their whole year, what is it? What is his practice like? What is their workout and normal schedule like for those guys? It's go they're gonna be on a normal schedule like the team, and their workouts is still gonna be like the team. Uh, but they just they're gonna practice like the team and everything. They just won't be able to to uh, play in the games. I'm not sure how it is with the traveling. I know for every home game they can they could be on the sideline, but I, I don't I don't think they can travel. He so he can have... technically travel. Florida Florida's only let me just jump in there. So Florida's only allowed to Go carry ahead. a certain number of guys when they travel. So I don't imagine him traveling, especially because he can't play. They can only dress a certain number of guys for away games. So so he probably won't be uh, won't be traveling. He'll probably stick around. I would imagine black with uh, the freshmen that are redshirting and the players that are redshirting this year. Yeah, which which shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I mean, you know, he, you know, he understand that he won't be able to play this year. I mean, it's not a secret, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, the best thing he could possibly do is just get in the weight room, get in the playbook. So when it's time come next year, he is gonna he's gonna be ready. Yeah, he will step into position. Um, I mean, we should talking about where Greener's at, which polite play. Uh, Grantham has a good track record of, of developing guys in position and getting them drafted. So I, I'm pretty sure that's what sold sold him on coming. Uh, similar system, and, and also uh, Grantham's track record. We also got Kevin Joseph sitting out there, man. What's the update on him, Dan? So, so as far as Florida know, or the situation that is known out there about Kevin Joseph right now is that he still hasn't taken any visits to anywhere else. Despite his tweet the other night, I think it was Monday night or Tuesday night, that said, hey, after the dead period, I'm going to take uh, some more visits. That, to me, doesn't make sense for the people that are listening because – the dead period one doesn't apply to transfers and two, the dead period doesn't end until the end of August anyway. So he's not going to enroll in school after the beginning of September, unless he was going to go to a place that didn't start school uh, until after September. And even still, he would be far behind uh, on the playbook and, and getting with the team and everything else. They would be in weekly installations. And I don't see that happening. What we know about him is that there is still one class that he's taking at LSU. It's an online class. Their, their calendar school schedule, uh, calendar ends at the beginning, uh, the beginning or middle of next week. So after that, and assuming that he passes, uh, Florida will allow him to be eligible. They will be able to grant him admission, uh, and then assuming that he continues to want in, which is what we're hearing, uh, we should hear an announcement next week uh, for Kelvin Joseph, which is a uh, another. Was he a five-star guy or a really high four-star guy from, from LSU? And again, fits that position of need where Florida might not need him this year, but definitely stepping in the next year. It's really nice to have that that seasoned player come in. Hey Dan, what what are his other options if he don't come to Florida? What what other schools are you looking at? You know, he I don't visit know. Anywhere else? Yeah, he. You know, at one point there were some rumors that he was going to go visit Texas and make a decision quickly. Uh, we still, you know, don't know if he wants to consider Texas. We don't know where else he's considering. Uh, I don't think that anybody else is really talking about him. If you search the message board, you search the internet. There's not a lot of programs besides Florida uh, talking about him. When you look at players that he follows and coaching staffs that he follows on Twitter. They're all Florida guys. So he's following not only the head coaches and the players, but he's following, you know, Kiwan Ratliff. He's following, you know, player assistants, right? So he's following guys that, you know, he obviously has a, a tight knit connection with that's outside of just, you know, being recruited by all the, the big head coaches or, or big defense coordinators around the country. So all signs, you know, all the tea leaves say that he should be uh, coming to Florida next week. Yeah. From what I was told, um, it's us until it's not us. So until we tell him, no, he can't get into UF, as far as admissions, it's us. That's, that's what I was told. But let's get my man Will Simone on here, man. He he, he got uh, inside information on this whole Brayton Cox situation and the transfer from Georgia. So let's get him on. Let's chop it up. Let's do it. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Second time on the show, we got my man Will Salmon from The Athletic. I've been saying his name wrong the entire show, but now we got him on and he, uh, I got his name right before I got him on this intro. Will, how's it going, baby? 
That's good, dude. You know, I never noticed that you got my name wrong on prior episodes. So I'm gonna have to now go back and listen to it, to your intros, and then and then message you afterward to to let you know which ones you got the times right and which ones you got the times wrong. I've said it both ways for sure. Yeah, I, I do. Hey, it's so. official I, record. I, heard, I didn't notice it being wrong. It's all good, man. So uh, this Brent Cox thing went down this week. The transfer from UGA. Uh, give us a, a recap of, of, of how this all went down. Yeah, obviously, it goes without saying that he's extremely talented. I mean, that's pretty clear. He's the first five-star on the – he's the only five-star on this team now at Florida. But, I mean, he was a guy who clearly had some issues at Georgia. Don't know this particulars involved, but from what we've gathered at The Athletic, we do have a Georgia writer as well who's well-experienced, and he's been there for a long time. Uh, he's had some, he had some run-ins with the coaching staff over there, not sure over what. He also had the arrest and back in the spring. So there's some concerns over there with his character. But he goes into the transfer portal. As soon as his name is in there, Todd Grantham's one of the first guys who, um, as, as, as soon as he's allowed to contact him, he hits him up saying, you know, hey, we'd like to have you at Florida. You guys know how this goes down. Um, all, all the talk about what he could do, blah, blah, blah. But part of it also was a feeling out process of his character and getting, getting through to him that you're going to have to buy in here to, this, to, to the team um, and kind of take his temperature on that. And the box is all checked. You know, I will say that it, it wasn't just Todd Grantham, though. I mean, John Hevesy recruits that area pretty heavily, and he was part of it. Dan Mullen knows his former coach. Uh, pretty well from recruiting that area in the past. And so they had some people there who know Cox who could say or who could vouch for Florida and be like, hey, I know this staff. I know these guys. And that's part of how it works as well. And plus, you also have other layers to it. I mean, there's Jamar Chaney, who's who's uh, part of the off-the-field staff. Obviously, everybody knows uh, Rat as well. And those guys, you know, work, work so hard to kind of get things going and to, to you know, cross all the, cross all the T's and whatnot. And not only that, but the last thing I'd also like to mention on the how is you also got players vouching for you. I mean, Trey Dean, I heard a couple of people mention his name as a player who spoke highly of the staff and is somebody that Cox knows or their families know each other uh, just from being around that area a little bit. And you also had a guy like uh, Chatfield who happens to know who happens to know Cox as well. So it's a combination of a lot of things. But I, I think one of the bigger things is Ty Grantham and his ability to sell people on his position, that buck edge rusher spot. Well, what was, you know, Florida recruited him, you know, last recruiting cycle 2018. Uh, how close did Dan Mullen get to him during that time? Or were they much in contact, you know, two cycles ago? That I'm not too sure of. Like that, that kind of precedes my time at Florida. Um, you know, that was kind of like that weird sort of portion of, where I was still not over in Gainesville at the time during that cycle. So that's a, that's a little bit murky for me. Um, but again, I think it does go back to the idea of Dan really knowing that coach pretty well. And so I would say that that had something to do with it, just that prior knowledge and that experience, because that matters when, when you can reach a kid's inner circle like that, as you guys know, um, and you have somebody else vouching for your credentials and for the way that you run your program that's going to speak volume and that's actually going to hit home because otherwise it's just another coach in your ear um, telling you all that good stuff that you probably have heard from everywhere else uh, and anyone else that's hit you up since you went into the portal. Uh, do you know if he was looking at any other schools or was it the second that his name at the transfer portal in Florida reached out that he was pretty set on, on going to Florida? The way I understand it, um, I feel like he was pretty set just because they reached out pretty quickly and it all happened. I mean, the kid was on campus. I mean, <laughs> people didn't really re realize that or, or know that as quickly as it happened, um, at least not publicly. And so there was that aspect, but there was a lot of people hitting him up. I'm not sure like where his interest was. I mean, there was, I, I heard from a, a couple of different programs. I don't want to like be wrong and suggest some teams and just, you know, because I don't really cover those teams. So I don't want to say something that's incorrect, but there were teams from all over the country that I heard actually, um, not just like say you're the teams that you would think of, 
um, from the SEC, but a couple teams from outside the SEC who are pretty interested in him. Um, now, I don't know where his interest lied, though. Uh, that's a little bit unclear. So uh, clearly the kid was uh, in the portal and didn't take too long for him to be on Florida's roster. So I feel like that that's a strong indicator that, that Florida had his ear very quickly, um, and this was able to kind of get under wraps and taken care of rather rather fast. Where do you see him fitting into the uh, to the roster uh, for next year? Um, you know, obviously, super talented kid. Um, had a pretty good year last year: twenty tackles, three pass deflections, one sack. Um, started even in the SEC championship. Um, what? Where do you see his role on Florida next year? With with what they're going to have returning for next year, and then obviously these new uh, freshmen that are going to be coming in as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because the the edge rusher spot, when you look at it, you don't say to yourself, just because of the way that they recruited, it doesn't really profile as like this desperate need that you that you definitely had to sort of uh, check or erase off the board or, or address. Like they were pretty okay, uh, especially when you compare it to other positions for Florida um, next year and the year after that, for that matter. Um, so you look at it and you say, okay, there, there was already Chris Bogle, there was Mahmoud Diabati, there was Lloyd Summerall, the guys that you sort of alluded to in your question, those three high-end four-star kids with Bogle being really the jewel of that, of that group. Um, this year you have Jonathan Grenard, but you know, he's not expected to be at Florida even if he was able to, uh, just because they expect a big season out of him, so he should bounce to the NFL if all goes according to plan. Um, so anyway, you have those three kids, and then you add a guy like Cox, who, like we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, is a five-star. He's the only five-star you got. And if you look at Grantham's track record of edge rushers, this kid has as much ability, if not more, than any of them that he's ever coached. So he's going to play, obviously. Um, I, I think what's kind of key in trying to understand like how the defense works is that Bogle and this kid, and this kid Cox can play on the field at the same time. Um, which is really intriguing and intriguing and pretty tantalizing if you're a Florida fan when you think about what that edge rush uh, could look like or that pass rush in general could look like. Um, not even to mention if you know a guy like Zach Carter plays well and and becomes part of that uh, as a defensive end for you perhaps. So it looks good. Um, he definitely inserts right at the top along with Bogle. I mean Bogle is is a guy that the staff is high on. I can't really emphasize that enough. That kid's gonna play even if um, Cox were to be eligible to play this year, I would still say Bogle is going to play this year um, or would play this this year. That's how high um, I feel like they are on him. And by extension, I am because um, he checks a lot of boxes for what you look for um, in an edge rusher at this in, in the SEC. But that combination of him and, and Cox, if they can get through to Cox and if he can develop and if he can do all the right things and, and uh, wash away those concerns as far as character goes, it's going to be a very formidable pass rush in 2020. Okay, when he left, on the West circumstances, was I seen uh, uh, reports about a dismissal, and I've also seen where it was mutual. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if um, I don't know how much of it was. I think it was like this: like, look, you know, you don't want to ever have a five-star kid leave your program. I don't think that's ever something that like you sign up for. I mean, clearly you sign the kid you want him to develop, but it could have been that he was becoming, and this is just me kind of spitballing a little bit um, just because of what I've heard. I don't want to report it as factual, but just spitballing and a little bit of freelancing here, connecting some dots. I think that it's kind of fair to say that they may have had enough of him um, for whatever the reasons were. It just didn't seem like a great fit. Like things just were not really working. Um, there were some, there were some clashes from what I understand. And I, I don't want to say it was met with a shrug from Georgia, but it was a headache that I think that they can afford to take. I mean, that they can afford not to have, um, just because look, they, they got enough guys. I mean, if you look at their team, they're still pretty, they're still pretty okay. Like they still got their fair share of high end talent. Now those kids have to play and we don't know how that's going to translate on the field. And we won't know until a couple more weeks. But right now, I still think that they feel pretty good about it, even though he is a five-star. And it's not necessarily a good look for you to for him to leave the program and then go to a rival uh, from Flor- from where Florida is sitting. That's that's fun. I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, he's he's got some issues. It looks like, but man, you, to me, you take it. Um, you take it as long as there's no 
other glaring sort of red flags for you and you say to yourself, look, we have the experience of working with these type of kids and we've given kids in the past chances and we've built a culture where it has worked out, where we haven't seen whatever the issue was reoccur. And so I feel like they're confident in that approach and it should yield to um, a good result with Cox based on history. I will, man. Tell us who's been balling out at camp. Who, who's had a good camp and, and uh, who can improve their camp? You know, it, it's funny because I feel like too many people sort of forget about Marco Wilson. And it's like, that kid's so so damn good. I mean, like, people, when I first got here, right? Yeah, I'm talk at this that roster, shit, Will. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah go ahead, <laughs> And I'm watching, and, and I'm watching this team, and I'm like, hey, you know, this kid's one of the best corners I've ever seen, um, especially for a kid his age. And yeah, I know C.J. Henderson gets a lot of publicity and a lot of and a lot of respect, and rightfully so. But man, Marco Wilson is so smart, and you know a lot of this talk about like alpha dogs that I'm I'm getting already a little bit sick of hearing just because it's just been so much about it. Um, but aside from that, you know, I feel like Marco Wilson could be one of those dudes uh, for Florida, not only this year but in the future, and also Trey Dean. I think a lot of people kind of sleep on him and his ability to to be a growing leader when you look at leadership and guys that they want people to look at, here, here's a kid who played as a freshman. He's a recruit of Mullen. So obviously he, he likes the program. So he's a guy who, who should emerge as, in my opinion, as somebody that people in that defensive room could look at. Um, but yeah, aside from him, I mean, Carter's getting some, some uh, strong reviews. Uh, some Florida fans will like to hear the fact that guys like Slayton have, um, apparently turned a little bit of a corner in their work ethic. So that's always good to hear if you're a Florida fan. But, I mean, there wasn't really so many concerns with the, with that defense aside from if you want to gripe on the depth. And then offensively, you, know, you can you continue to hear some good things about Franks, um, about just his maturity. And that obviously needed some improvement, and his confidence needed some improvement. So it's good to see that. Um, and you know what you're getting from the wide receivers in the running back room. Uh, a lot of people want to you know, point at and say like, you know, Copeland and Pitts, cruel, but man, part of that is tough to sort of prognosticate and say, Hey, they're going to have great years and they're going to break out because of how loaded they are um, at guys who could receive the ball. I mean, a guy like Hammond and Swain, those guys haven't dropped a, dropped a pass in a full year at least combined. So you got a lot of guys who are capable in that offensive room that makes it a little bit hard for the younger guys to break out, but haven't really heard some, any, anything negative, which is, which is kind of like, a par for the course. I mean, nobody really talks too much smack about their own players, of course, or anything like that, but haven't really heard too many, too much negativity out of the camp. So that's also good. Hey, uh, so tell us about our offensive line. Are we, are we progressing um, the way we should be? Are we, you know, are we, are we being overachievers, underachievers? What are we looking like? I think it's on track. You know, it's kind of funny, like in the spring, right? Mullen all but put like that sign of help wanted outside the offensive line room where he was talking about, Hey, we, we are really in the market for a transfer. And then they didn't really get a transfer or they didn't get a transfer, even though they tried a little bit. And all of a sudden there's a lot of belief in the first five. And I buy it to an extent because there's, there's a lot of talent there. There's enough talent there that you couple that with the fact that these guys I think a misconception is that they're young. They're not young. They're just a little, they're, they're inexperienced when it comes to career starts. It's the least amount of career starts that John Hevesy has ever worked with. That's a fact, but they're not exactly young because they've been in the program for a couple of years now. And so it's not as if you're relying on a first, you know, a first or a second year guy to play significant action for you. Their problem is going to be if they get, if somebody gets hurt within that first five, then they will rely on somebody that may not be ready for that sort of role. But as far as they're, the guys who that they think that they're going to depend on for the, for the starters, they should be pretty okay. I mean, that's, it's probably going to take a little bit of time. It may take a couple of weeks. Um, I wouldn't really bet on them having a strong game, perhaps, with a, with a, a defensive front like Miami's if they, if, they, if they stay healthy. But should be okay within a few weeks. Okay, only question I have is on the back end, man, um, as far as camp. The safeties, what are they looking like? Uh, who's the starters? I, I don't yeah, even I know mean, the spec out of the safeties right now. I mean, I, I kind of guess um, Donovan Steiner and Jawan Taylor, but what are, you, what are you hearing and seeing? 
Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the question. And I think a lot of people are down on them. And, and I get it. Like, look, you know, there were a lot of plays where it didn't look pretty. Uh, but it's tough, man. I, I think Taylor really progressed. If you talk about leadership, he's really progressed as a communicator. And the staff likes him in that capacity. They also like Donovan Steiner. He's a guy they kind of depend on to get people set up. Um, I like Davis a lot. He's a guy that people don't really talk too much about. But if you look at his advanced statistics, I mean, among the safeties, he's the guy who, it's not Brad Stewart, who, who leads that group with, uh, you know, QBR rating against or completion percentage against. I know he's only, he hasn't seen as many targets as a Stewart, but he's pretty good in his own right, I feel like. I mean, I mean maybe he deserves a little bit more snaps. Um, but I think the group certainly needs uh, Brad Stewart to, to be at practice, to uh, to play more than he did last year because his talent is undeniable at that position. And I think from a pure skill standpoint, he stands out. But a question is, how much can they rely on him? We don't know. And so that's what makes it a little bit more concerning, especially when you don't have that much depth, depth uh, after those first four. And, you know, you don't really have too many other things you could do but play those guys. So they got to get better. They have to communicate a lot better than they did last year. Um, but I, I think with a healthy Marco Wilson, that also makes a difference in that secondary. And that shouldn't be, you know, there, there's no way to really overstate that because he's another guy who's developing and who's also, you know, very talented that is going to take a little bit of a load off for that back end. Well, what are you what are you seeing that the Florida's going to do at the uh, returner position, both uh, both punt and kick returner? Yeah, you know, I think Freddie Swain did a pretty a pretty decent job when he was asked to do it. I mean, he was he's he didn't he didn't have like a lot of those highlight reel plays. I know he had one off the top of my head where he returned one for a score, uh, but he's pretty dependable. He has good hands. I'd like to see him, you know, I think in like a fantasy world for like a lot of Florida fans, they'd love to see people. I mean, they'd love to see the staff utilize Jacob Copeland in that role and give him that sort of job. But I don't know. I mean, you got to develop a lot of trust for Dan Mullen to use you in that situation or even a Kadarius Tony. We saw that a couple of times last year as well. Um, so we haven't, unfortunately, with, with practices being closed down now, it's, it's, it's been a little bit um, in the dark with what they're doing there. And we actually didn't see them at all. Uh, practice that during the media viewing so it's a little bit unclear but I mean if it, if it for my money I'd go with Freddie Swain just because you know what you're kind of getting there and he, and there's not much of a risk a hey, quick question what's your opinion on um that presser the way things went down with uh with Baker and Dan Mullen shutting down the camp as far as uh rising everybody coming around what's your opinion on that yeah I appreciate you asking me that you know, it's it's one of those things where, look, I got that police report um, the night before the press conference, right? And so I, I think a couple of reporters got it that night, too. And I didn't write about it that night just because he wasn't charged. We're talking about Huggins here. He wasn't charged with what was alleged in that police report. And I had no clue. On, I mean, I, I kind of have a clue, but... Uh, we don't have Dan Mullen saying whether or not that was part of why he's not on, why he's not practicing with this team right now. And so that's that. Um, and then I, I personally ended up writing about it because once it's out there in a press conference, people, I mean, there's an interest, obviously, right? I mean, people want to know what, what was that question about? What happened? Yeah. Um, but as far as just like the back and forth there, I get Matt Baker's line of questioning because look, you know, um, it has happened where guys have been alleged of violence toward women and it's extremely unfortunate. Um, now my gripe or not really a gripe, but a kind of a, my thing of, you know, you can't really point the finger at, at criticism so much on Dan Mullen is because look, all, all the people who have been accused where, or have been in these situations, none of them are on the team anymore. And so, like, you can't say that nothing has been mm -hmm. done or that there's no accountability. But you, I think it's also fair to have that conversation about, well, why is this happening? Or uh, what are we doing at Florida um, to raise awareness on this issue? I think those are healthy conversations, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I, I stopped short at 
completely criticizing Dan Mullen and the staff because we have seen people be punished. We, we have seen people um, no longer on the team who have been accused of those things. And so I think Matt Baker was, was, was right in his line of questioning just because also, look, Huggins isn't here and people want to know why. And it's important to sort of say, hey, this is part of his past because, you know, you never know what could come up. And so, yeah, we don't know. Um, you kind of give the benefit of the doubt on they're doing everything that they possibly can because we don't know otherwise. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those unfortunate situations that pops up where, you know, you got to be really careful with, uh, with what you write and how you frame a story and how you frame a story after those conversations have been had, I guess. I agree. Hey, thanks for coming. Yeah, no, I think I did a good job. That's a, very ahead, nuanced, that's a very nuanced thing to kind of talk about. So I don't, you know, I, I have a, I want to like reiterate first that like, I think Matt Baker did the, did what he was, what he should have done as a reporter and asking those questions. Um, and my point and my other point is that you can't really criticize Dan Mullen because these people might, are no longer on the team. Hey, Will, you might can't say it, but I, I think his article, I, I agree with you. And I tweeted that too when he did. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm cool with the questioning. I'm fine with the questioning. But the article he wrote was, was trash. And you may can't say it, but I can, man. That article was trash. But yes, you got to hold, like, that's the journalist's job to hold these guys accountable and ask questions. So I'm fine with the question. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no, I'm just yeah. saying, like, that. it's just like a, it's a nuanced thing to talk about, you know, and I don't think, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like a black and white thing where it's like, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I feel like, you know, people get upset when questions are asked. But hey, you know, if, if nobody's asking questions, then. That's not a good look, you know. Like Absolutely. then you don't know yeah. what the hell is going on. So you All gotta right. ask. I mean, you have to. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I, I guess a couple things here. One, um, I think that Dan Mullen should have probably thought about his answer a little bit more. I think you know maybe sending it a pending legal matter. You know, would go into it whenever, frame however they want to answer that in the future, and then go from there. Um, two, I, I 100% agree. I put this on Twitter. Uh, I want our journalists to ask questions. I think that Florida has a lot of very good investigative journalists, uh, and they they are very invested in the program and, and trying to get accountability on all measures. And I think that that's great. But I also think that it's important to contextualize uh, some of the information. And I think that that's the only problem that I had with the article was that, you know, you have to go 30 paragraphs into the story, like literally like 26 or 30 paragraphs into the story before it's finally said, Hey, you know, all of these players, and the one coach that have been uh, accused are no longer with the program. And the one that is did not have charges filed and he was suspended for five games. It just seemed like a, a setup to me and it seemed like it was meant to trigger clicks. Uh, and if you look at the, the tweets, uh, the likes and the comments, like obviously it did that, it conjured that up. But then from there, I think it then conjured up a lot of people that really don't know what they're talking about and weren't there and didn't investigate the story that are now firing off their hot takes about cultural problems and anything and everything else. So I, I just think that it opened up a, a really bad Pandora's box of, well, if you're going to if you're going to try to get this line of questioning and then you're not going to be upfront with some of the information, then at least provide some sort of solution of what you want Dan Mullen to have done besides kick four out of the five out of, you know, the program. Yeah, those are, those are, those are valid points and, and good reasoning. I think that's probably at the crux of the issue is what you started to talk about at first with maybe the way Dan Mullen answers the questions where like, look, you know, sometimes I think he overcompensates for answers where it's like, he'll be short with something. And then afterwards, it's like, well, now you just gave us a lot more than what we really wanted anyway. So it's like, I think maybe sometimes he'd be better served just not saying anything or um, not saying anything is the wrong way to put it. But just like you said, maybe just limiting, I'll give you an example because I'm not doing a very good job here of articulating Um, when he said like, well, how many of them have been charged? I, I think that's probably maybe something that he would take back and there's a better way to say to sort of bring up your point that these guys are no longer part of my program anymore. I think that's fair to kind of criticize or to, to say, Hey, that's something that you mm-hmm. probably want to take back just because people are going to take that out of context and people are going to uh, run with that one portion 
like you said, and that could be pretty dangerous. And, I agree and, with all and that. Absolutely. a lot of misinformation. And, Will, I would also say that just because you weren't charged doesn't mean you shouldn't be dismissed from the program. Um, and I think that that's where that, well, how many have been charged? It's kind of a snarky comeback. And that's where I mean, I, I think you could have definitely I mean, you know, could, thought that, of that a, answer before. In, in my opinion, that the, uh, have they been charged is two-way street because he's gotten really guys that hadn't been charged either. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it's a matter of law. Mm -hmm. I think he's making a judgment on the kid and the situation. That, that A lot of information we may not know. But um, yeah, I appreciate no, it, Will. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, dog. I want all the information. Well, I just want to say quickly just that I think it's worth mentioning that a guy like Otis Yelverton, by the way, wasn't charged and was actually found, I think, not guilty, if I remember correctly, and he was still off the program. Correct. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, right, is I think that Florida has done a lot. I think that Florida has I, I, a couple things. One, I don't think it's a culture problem. And two, I think Florida has done everything that they can. You know, I think for Dan Mullen and uh, Silk, I know that Josh said this on the Big Three roll-up yesterday, is that as long as he's following the protocol and he's doing everything that he can do to teach, educate, train, and then if an incident like this does occur, as long as he's following all the proper protocol and then they're making a decision after that and learning all of the facts, I just hate the because you were charged, you're immediately guilty and therefore should be, you know, completely kicked out of the program. I, I find that to be wrong. Um, but that's where I feel like the expectation now is with, and I'm not ascribing this line of thinking to Matt Baker. I'm just saying it just seems like, well, if they're charged, they should be immediately kicked out of the program. Or if they're not charged, then, you know, there must be something that, that Florida is trying to, to cover up. Exactly. That's well put. I mean, just simply put, to put a bow on it, there's just a lot of stuff that goes into these things. And it's just not always, it's very rarely, in fact, um, as clear as a lot of people think it is. Hey, Will. Yeah. Appreciate you for coming on, man. Always solid. <laughs> always dope. <laughs> man, I, I thought I was Will, on the hot seat you. for a second, so I appreciate it. Guys. No, you're, you're off the hot seat. Great job. <laughs> And we're going to have a, we're, we have a secret have guest that we haven't announced yet for Monday. It, what else can it possibly be? You know? <laughs> That's right. Hey, we have a secret guest on uh, on Monday for, for Tuesday morning show that you'll, uh, you'll want to tune in for, but uh, I don't think this discussion's over. Oh, sweet, man. I'm looking forward to it. You guys do an excellent job. Um, you really do. It's, it's entertaining and it's, it's um, some strong takes. Um, and it's just, it's good stuff for the fan base. I think a lot of people appreciate you guys for a reason. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, bro. So we appreciate on. you, bro. Hey, man, you guys, you make us work, man. We appreciate you guys. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thanks again. All right. All right See you, buddy. Always good stuff with my man, Will. Uh, let's get some callers on. You know what I'm saying? They get some people on here to talk some shit. I'm pretty sure they feeling extra crunk on payday. We don't got to commit. They got some money in their pocket. We need my balance on this thing. Oh, no, no. Ahmad, that is never things. happening, bro. <laughs> 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 you can ask all you want, bro. He is never, ever going to be called on this show. That's the good thing about our show is we have to call you to be on our show so we can screen 100% of our callers, bro. Yeah, he can't. He can't. Uh, Star 69 us at all. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, what's going on, baby? It's Stady Miguel. Not much. What up with you? We vibing, dog. What you got on your mind? Hey, Eli, what's up, man? Are, are you, are hey, how are you, man? Hey, man, are you, are you any kin to Eli Manny? Uh, that's how I got my name. Yeah, that's I'm from Knoxville. Uh, first, that's first names, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what's up, Eli? For being from, not up? much. What about you? How you doing? We're just hanging out. We're hanging out. You got a question or you want to, uh, you want to pump your chest a little bit? I got a few questions. I got I, th three or four. Probably for Amon, most of them are. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, not much. I was just wondering. So, like, with Marco coming off, like, an ACL injury like he did, is there any – would we see any setbacks as far as speed and cutting all that stuff from him? Um, I've seen a lot of guys come back, uh, you know, even better than what they were before. So, um, you know, contrary to popular belief, um, I, you know, it, it, you get – the right training and you take care of yourself and uh you know go about um how the doctors you know have you on the rehab uh, you should be fine yeah i could see like even mentally just making that first cut and stuff that's gonna be terrifying for him i didn't know if there's any as far as like 
just getting kind of freaked out or mentally just got to get ready for it. If there's anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe that's human nature, you know, but, you know, at the same time, I think you trust uh, our training staff and, and trust, you know, his, his rehabilitation and uh, he'll be good to go. Yeah. Okay, another thing is, I was watching the Penn State game. We got that interception, pick six. Who did you point at in the crowd when you're running down the sideline? That was my, my – all right, so that whole that whole section right there was all my friends from, from back home, like my, all my family. And um, I think I had, like, 20, 25 people there at the game. <clears throat> and I had my oldest daughter up there with my, with my parents. So Fire! Um, that's fire, cuz. I never asked me that. That's the first time anybody ever asked me that. That's exactly who I pointed to right there. So – I was wondering, because I thought you were running, about to run in the end zone, and then you and I don't know who was running beside you, you pointed right there, and I was like, I wonder who that was. Yeah, yeah, my oldest. I thought it was the hose, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's me living vicariously through the pick six, you know what I'm saying? All right, all right, we can go with that. And then uh, I guess kind of the last question was I was just thinking, how does, or how did you see. Uh, Urban, and then how does Ben Mullen prepare for like the lower level SEC games? Because you know, like the Kentuckys, Vanderbilts, the Tennessees, those are a lot different than the LSU. And if you have one of those games like next week, how are you preparing for that? As far as like, oh, how do you not get ahead of yourself thinking about the LSU game, and then you get trapped in these games? What do you guys do for that? I mean, shit. Every game in L- in uh, SEC is a, is a big game, so we don't ever take it take it lightly at all, you know. And um, you know, no disrespect to Kentucky. Uh, you see what happened last year, you know. Uh, so we, we got to take every every game, you know, uh, you know, like it, like it's like it's our last game. You know what I'm saying? And um, the the first half of Vanderbilt, you know, we we was getting torched up, you know. So you know, every team in, in the SEC is, is a tough game. We don't we don't take anybody lightly. Yeah, I was just wondering about that stuff because I mean, you see that happening all the time with every other team, not just us. I think that's what happened with us with Kentucky. So I was just wondering about all that stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, you know, like I say, man, we just got to go out there and prepare. Um, every team, you know, is out to beat us, and we got to target on our back every week. Yep. So, can you pumping up the bets? How's that line going down? It seems like it's hey, dropping every time we look. It ain't going. Down. I mean, you can find a site to bet anything, I guess, man. But the line is pretty steady. I mean, some sites say seven and a half, some say seven. It's like one out there that says six and a half. So, I guess Miami fans got excited about that. But up the bets, bro. I don't care where that line moves. Up them. You know hey, and, and just because the line's going down doesn't mean that more people are betting on Miami. It just means that they're moving the line to try to get as equal of action on both sides as as possible. So, you know, the bets are still coming in really heavy for Florida, uh, but they're just trying to get equal action. So that it doesn't just mean that a bunch of people are dumping money on Miami or that Vegas thinks that, you know, all of a sudden Miami is a point and a half better than they were because we've seen the videos. Hey man, I'm not I'm not uh, a, a Vegas Twitter guy. I don't know how this stuff works, but up the bets, bro. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah. No matter how the lines move, pour money on this, dog. Them people still don't know who yeah. their quarterback is, and Martell is throwing ducktails. Do you have any um Ooh. idea who that third safety would be for the 2020? Would it be 2021 or 2020 class with Kelvin Joseph, assuming he comes, and then Rashad Torrance being back there? Who would be the other one that they're looking at? Um, I wouldn't mind for them to just keep working the board. You got Avante Williams, but I don't want another transfer. If we get one, cool. But with Kevin Joseph coming in, I would rather go get a young guy to come, you know what I'm saying, to, to groom up in the Avante's system. Avante's going to be – who's going to drop the biggest bag on that one besides who, where he goes? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just saying I would just, I would just like to still recruit a, a, a high school recruit that's highly coveted, you know what I'm saying, once I get these guys on board. I'm not really – I've seen the Notre Dame transfer out there, but I'm not that interested in him. Who is that Notre Dame uh, transfer? I never heard of him. I can't remember his name. That's just how I important he is. I never heard anything about that. All right. Yeah. All right. So those are the questions I had to ask. All right. Hold it Good down, Eli. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, that, uh, that Notre Dame um, safety is named Derek Allen. There we go. Four-star. Uh, apparently, Florida's interested. I know nothing about him. He's from Georgia. Uh, so we'll see. Don't hold your yeah. breath, folks. Yeah, I ain't mad if we get him, but you know what I'm saying? I ain't mad if we don't. I really, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with getting a kid out of high school, dog. That's not a, to me, that's not an emergency need right now. Got more callers? Let's hang out. Hey, what do we think about Port of Miami, too? Pretty good, huh? Glad I turned hey, you guys man. on to it. 
couple yeah, weeks ago. I was ahead of the game. Appreciate you putting me on the Rick Ross, bro. I never heard of him before. Yeah, man. Yeah, if you if you're really interested in him, I know you like this album. He's got some great older stuff too. Yeah. Um, so he's got some good albums. Port of Miami One is good. How was Port, um, Port of Miami One? It was great. Uh, I think it was just called Port of Miami. I don't even think it was called Port of Miami One. So, uh, <laughs> was if you're, yeah. if, you're uh, if you're looking for some good music, his name is again Rick Ross. Um, he's been around for a while. So is is he is he like the boss or what? Yeah, and I believe they call him Rose. Been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Three eight six. Hey, I'm gonna two, leave a voicemail on this four, guy's voicemail. Six, zero six ahead, nine bro. is not available. Six nine. The tone. Please record your message. Boss. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, this is a voice from Stadium and Gale. Yo, we just, we just wanted to let you know that you missed your your phone call that you asked us calls for. So, uh, so listen to our podcast if you haven't rated us five stars. Do that, and because you missed us, uh, make sure that you listen to this one at least ten times and at least share it with ten other people so uh, that we can be number one on the charts again. So next time, don't miss our calls. Oh, and listen, hey, you to have Florida, not, Miami too. And you have not pulled up the Stadium and Gale, bro. You lost. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, no, you know you. you Way out. <laughs> you gone. <laughs> All right, peace. Let's turn them out. Get a couple more in here at least. Get the hell up off of here. It's Friday, fellas. Hey, Silk, what's your favorite song? Amal, what's your favorite song? My favorite song on the Port of Miami 2 is uh, Fascinated, man. Right now, you know what I'm saying? It changes over time once I really get into the album, but just off a of first spin. Right, I'm gonna say uh, fascinated. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with roses, man, a little bit. But yeah. you know. oh, he snapped on roses though. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you guys know that, obviously. And shout out to my man, man Gunplay snapped on nobody's uh, favorite. Like he was, he, he gave, he gave uh, Ricky Rose some problems on that thing, dog. Where, where, uh, where Gunplay been at, man? He dropped the album like last year. He be dropping his joints, bro. He just not doing nothing. Big and commercial, there's no okay. okay. It was, well, that's good for him though, man. Because remember, you know, before he was just all over the place at one point, you know. So, um, yeah, he battled addictions and whatnot, dog. That's all, but yeah, uh, I'm glad he, you know, he's taking care of himself and you know, he, he's still making music. So, already, we got college cam. What's your yeah, favorite? We let, we let, hey, we didn't, we didn't hang up on that last guy, so he has a long voicemail to listen to. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, pulling up the state what up, what up, again, what up? What's going on with you? What's going on? I can't call it. I can't call it. How y'all boys doing down there? What's happening? What's happening? What's up? Not much, man. Hey, all this damn cop shit going around. What's the chance <laughs> of him playing this year for? Uh, probably less than 10%. Yeah, yeah, in my opinion, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to jump into those guys anyway. If he did come, I mean, waivers are taking anywhere from, like, two months to six months these days. So, by the time a waiver clear, like, it's just not even worth him playing this shit. He's practicing with the team. So, if it does expedite through, then cool. But right now, I don't foresee the waiver coming through quick enough for him to be – to make a difference this season. So, just red shirt, kick it and chill, and this is world next year. Do you think it was so much of that he just wanted to be in Florida because, like, he just show up on the campus and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, this is where I wanted to be? Like, yeah, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, and then we had Will uh, Salmon on to talk about it. Uh, it seems like the second he put his name in the transfer portal, uh, he was pretty decided Florida reached out to him really quickly. He was on campus uh, the next day going through walkthrough uh, yesterday uh, and then practice today. So I, I think once Florida uh, reached out to him immediately, he was ready to go. Well, I see Silk, you keep hollering we one for two, so when the bombshell gonna drop for Joseph. Uh when you listen back to the show, you're gonna hear it too, man. We'll go ahead and say it again oh. so you get it. But he's he's taking a class right now. As soon as that class is finished, man, we expect him to enroll in the University of Florida. So uh I guess in a week from now, I just say a week out. What date does that class end then? Probably on your line. 
next, uh, I think it's the middle of next week. It's either the beginning yeah. or middle of next week. It's an online class. They should have results pretty quickly. And then you have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you are satisfied with your message, <laughs> press hell? one to listen to your you message. Have? Press two to erase and re-record. Press it three. Sound like we're talking to one of the boys locked up. Hey, all right, bro. We'll catch you soon. All right, bro. Appreciate all it. right, man. Yo, you guys got any big weekend plans? I do. I got some, um, something that popped up. My boy hit me up out the blue. It's his, it's old lady's birthday, so he's throwing her a surprise B day party down in Fort Lauderdale. So we're gonna. Head down to Shooters and some nightclub. I don't know who's going out to Shooters, but we're going to hang out. He got a limo and shit, so I was going to say no to you. he said limo, I was like, I got a flex. I got a flex. I got to pull the locals out, baby. You're going to go all the way down to Fort Lauderdale. You got a limo. Woo. Hey, man. Hey, my bread. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not turning down no limo. Hey, while we're waiting for the next call, I got some big plans. I, I, I think you uh, you guys talked about it, but I'm having dinner with TJ and Eric Wilbur and, and their wives tonight. But uh, I'm going to be speaking at the Pinellas County Gator Club meeting. So uh, invitations online, PinellasGatorClub.com if you want to come. It's at Gators, which is in Treasure Island tomorrow. Me and Shan Snell holding it down. Him and I are going to trade uh, rib recipes uh, and, uh, uh, and hang out from 3 to 5. Your rib recipe is nothing, bro. We know. <laughs> uh, text me the address, man. I'm going to eat salt, bro. It's salt and pepper. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> or Laurie's. I'm going to be down that way, man. I'm coming down. Uh, we got to pick up our daughter because uh, school starts on Monday. So we're going to pick her up. She's been with her grandparents oh, yeah? all week. Nice. All right. Yeah, yeah, bro. I got you. It's at three from three to five. What up? Yo. 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 Hey, man. Roll something. What's going on? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? We hanging out, man. Get her, man. I'm not getting my I, I'm not getting my pound of flesh today. I'll wait till the oh, first thing no. Energy Sunday to get that. Yeah. Mm. What's going on? Yeah, it's man? a six six oh six oh one gator, man. Am I talking to the, the black Merv Griffin? Already. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ooh, he already know. He come on the show and know who you're talking to. Black uh-huh. out here. Hey, you see you see what yep. you snapped from Georgia today, baby? That's right. That's right. That's right. And they're they going to continue to get disgruntled and they're going to continue to see where they can be put in the NFL quickly and be developed. Absolutely. Because it show, it show ain't getting done in Georgia. I mean, uh, dude, took, when, he, when he left Bama, he took that recruiting model, but he forgot to take the brain. Uh, he's yeah, they, proved that the past two years that he does not know how to make in-game adjustments. Back to back, they flipped the script on him. I mean, the first time he lost to Tua coming in in the second half, and then the next very next year he lost when they brought Hurts back in in the second half. That tells you right there that that guy does not know what he's doing as far as on the field coaching. He might Absolutely. be able to recruit, and that's we all know what that is. He, when you drop a six figure bags to fellas, they can't resist that. I hear you. Hey, pound of flesh. Give me your take on all this Miami trash, dog. What you got? I well, man, they they they're just like the the Georgia fans that want it so bad, but Miami's had much more of a taste of it because they've been better for, you know, consistently more consistently than Georgia, and they're just trying to get back where they're relevant. That's all. That's all they're trying to do. I don't understand who the hell they're going to get to play the quarterback. I mean, any, guys, I any person that got playing quarterback, they can't hit them receivers, so what they going to do? I mean, they, all we going to do is stack the box and stop them. Who you think and they roll Frank, out there with? What's that? Who you think they roll out there with at quarterback? They got to go with Perry, man, because from what I've seen, and your boy uh, who's in my group, my text group, Mike, 41-14, uh, to 14, is just getting better, uh, told me that Old boy, Tate Martell can't hit the, the, the ocean from uh, Ocean Drive down there in, in Miami, on Miami <laughs> Beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dog, you pulling up at the tailgate, going to the game? 
Man, I wish I could, but man, we had one of those uh-oh babies. She's six uh-oh. months old, oh, and uh, you know, I got a, I got a, a sixteen, thirteen, eight, and a six month old. So man. I'm gonna have to wait. I thought I was Ooh. gonna be able to make it, but I'm gonna have to wait. But she's, she's, uh, we named she is our joy. So that's what we named her Joy. But uh, she, you know so. what she's got? She's, she's Gator born. She's got orange hair and blue eyes. Woo. All day long, That's crazy, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, Dan, you need to tell these fools that keep writing these hit pieces that they need to cut it out before somebody puts a contract out on them. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gee. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to my people, but we don't we don't need that kind of that kind of talk around here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know they you notice they ain't doing that they ain't doing that in Alabama because Saban will have them fired. <laughs> I'll kill you, bro. Fire. Hey, we hey. appreciate you coming hey, on, Gator hey. Man. Yeah. Hey, we'll you can you can ask you can ask Silk. I, I'm a, anything but controversial. Yo, no, nah, you good, dog. Yeah, you good. good. Hey, man, you good. Yeah, you good. All right, y'all have a good one. Hey, thanks hey, for calling, brother. We Hold it down, pound of flesh. All right, well. Oh, always good calling the big three roll-up, bro. <laughs> I, don't need the, I don't need the feds listening to this pod. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> we're not, I don't know about him putting the contract, but I'm definitely not putting the contract on any writer's heads, bro. Yeah, no, I I think I think it goes to say that the writers are doing their jobs. You know, there's some things that we might disagree about, but uh, you know, that's you know that that's 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 a little far. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, they do have to you know answer to to folks on Twitter. They got to answer to their readership, and you know, people are going to click and read on on what they want to listen to. So. Uh, yeah. that's your call. Uh, these guys get paid when you click on their articles. If, if their articles make you mad, then here's a piece of advice. Don't click on them. I scroll smooth past clickbait. I remember the last time I clicked on some clickbait, bro. I'm so good at scrolling past that shit. We got more callers, Cam? I think that's it. I think that's it. So, that uh, another good show, boys. Yeah, that's going to uh, be it. I think, uh, I think the only way to take us out is if, uh, my black Cam. It's a bonus show, so Cam got Cam, it. Yeah, yeah, Cam got yeah, it. Yeah, Cam, song. you got it. Go ahead. I got a treat for y'all, and I got a treat for all the Miami fans. We're going to go with, put a date on it. Yo, Gotti and little Baby. A24, well, baby. A24. Uh, Can't wait. baby. Let's go. Already. Already. Yeah. Set coming in and the money don't fall. Gotta put a stamp on it. Yeah, hit a plate, scrape it off the plate. Hey, gotta put the camp on it. Pussy ass nigga always talking that tough shit. Nigga put a date on it. Everybody sitting at the table around here. Yeah, there's a lot of place on it. Running through the money and the bitch keep calling. Hold up, she gon' have to wait on it. VVS diamond dripping on my t-shirt. Reach for it, I'ma put your face on it. Rolls Royce truck on the way, cashed out for it. Still had to wait on it. Plug for the round, send the roll down, kind. Nigga still had to pay for it. Pack coming in on iPhone. I'ma keep it third in my fault. I'ma buy a broken from my shop. Nigga did me dirty, ran off on me. Took off. Plug did me dirty, took off on me. Lil' Hill is just folded, got soft on me. I'm from the streets, you gotta pay with your life. I got away with the white, you just like your father, and he was a rat. So that mean he raising the mice. Yeah, I had to try through the night. Yeah, I put that pack on the flight. Yeah, I shot on them pussies the same night. Late in the bushes, a rainy night. Won't put no hoes on no pedals to edibles. I'm trying to fuck them the same night. I put two hoes on the same flight. Cooked up 10 bricks in the same pot. I shot four niggas the same glock. Too many of you niggas got the same watch. Why you compete with me, nigga? We are not playing with the same chick. It's murder, no murder for half. And that shit been stuck on my mindset. Set coming in and the money don't fall. Gotta put a stamp on it. Yeah, hit a plate, scrape it off the plate. Hey, gotta put the camp on it. Pussy ass nigga always talking that tough shit. Nigga put a date on it. Everybody sitting at the table around here. Yeah, there's a lot of place on it. Running through the money and the bitch keep calling. Hold up, she gon' have to wait on it. VVS diamond dripping on my t-shirt. I'ma put your face on it. Rolls Royce truck on the way, cashed out for it. Still had to wait on it. Plug for the round, send the wrong down kind. Nigga still. I had to pay for it. Hundred thousand dollars of iPhone. iPhone.
ain't talking show money. Plug key, call him, we gon' take his ass down. Hell, the beach, some more money. Labels talking contracts, I ain't signing shit. Tell him that I know money. I used to shot with a bitch, she got him low. She kept it real with the niggas, but she get a number better than these bookies I'm getting. I swear that I'm flooding the city. A real nigga better not diss me, cause I run with hitters. Everywhere I go, they with me. Pack coming in on the back street. 12 ride by, nigga still keep working. 50,000 dollars for a show. No, I got down well, nigga still ain't working. I done told these folks that I quit. I quit. No, I got down well, nigga still sipping syrup. Got a trap going crazy like the first and the third. Got a lot of cash money, I can still get burned. Get away with my chain, you can still get murdered. Had an FN on me when I did this verse. If she so good, dick, she gon' leave with a purse. I was really in the streets, you can do your research. Set coming in and the money don't fall. Gotta put a stamp on it. Yeah, hit a plate, scrub it off the plate. Hey, gotta put the camp on it. Pussy ass nigga always talking that tough shit. Nigga put a date on it. Everybody sitting at the table around here. Yeah, there's a lot of place on it. Running through the money and the bitch keep calling. She gon' have to wait on it. VVS diamond dripping on my t-shirt. I'ma put your face on it. Rolls Royce truck on the way. Cashed out for it. Still had to wait on it. Plug fucked around, sitting around now, kind. Nigga still had to pay for it.